Satnam, I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Satnam. So today <clears throat> we're working with what we worked with yesterday, and we'll go over in a quick review. Um, and then we're taking it into a, a place where Tommy touched on this earlier. Uh, community and not only is it essential that we are in community in three dimensions but it is also essential that we're in community in five and more advanced dimensions too and those are the relationships that we have with our guides our gurus our angels our messiahs our saviors our prophets and we're going to get down into that so that one of the things early on that Yogi Bhajan said was that that which can't be experienced and the experience that can't be explained and understood is of little value to the human being so what we have in a lot of what goes on in the world of religion and even in the world of spiritual practice is a lot of supposition and assumption that you will believe this and one of the things that Yogi Bhajan inspired in me was prove it question it prove it work it down to a level where it can be understood so that you can then feed that two-dimensional brain in your head which is always going right wrong good bad yes no right wrong good bad yes no it's always going through its two-dimensional phrase so that if you don't allow the head brain to understand what the rest of you is doing then it will question you and it will bug you and it will irritate you because it needs to know that's its job it needs to know. The heart brain's job is it needs to circulate. The gut brain's job is it needs to connect and nourish. And that nourishment can either be the physical nourishment of eating food or the psycho-emotional nourishment of being in relation. Being in relation in community in three dimensions and also being in relation with the community in the fifth dimension and beyond, the one that we're talking about the one that is with your angels, gurus, guardians, animals, plants, and minerals. Hmm? We've got a whole display of minerals over here with Jot Singh, who is, as he was talking to us earlier, Sudhi Singh Saab gave him that assignment. He said, you're a craftsman. Make something that inspires the world, right? And you should go over and talk to him about some of those minerals that he's using there. And some of them will speak to you. Hmm? 
Some of them will speak to you. I'm sure you've had minerals that speak to you in your life. You've got plants that speak to you in your life. You've got animals that speak to you in your life. And you've got angels, guides, gurus, and guardians that speak to you in your life. And how many have ever heard of Spirit Voyage music? Blame this guy. <laughs> That's a good way to blame him. Yeah, blame him some more. All your fault. So he and I and Thomas Barkey and Seal and Sonatum and Carrie Ann Moss uh, recorded this song uh, in 2000. And this is the song of your angels, guides, and gurus. And in me it goes very simple to be confident that the infinite will take care of it. We're so fortunate to be confident. Everyone, that the infinite will take care of it. We're so fortunate. A hand. So, infinity is a lawless country. <laughs> infinity has no law. Infinity has no law because law is logic. That's where the word comes from. And there is nothing logical about infinity. Infinity is nothing. The moment it's something, it's measurable. The gateway between the nothing of Om and the something is Ong. That's the gateway, Ong. That's why we chant Ong Namo. I bow to that gateway through, through which my mastery originated. Infinity has the capacity of everything but the actuality of nothing. Infinity does not get added to. This is more infinite than that. It's not a reality. Infinity is forever. No end, no beginning, nothing. That means that everything that is has always been. Following? Don't try to follow with this. Follow with this. Mmm. Do it. Mmm. Mm. More. Mm. Mm. So whenever I say, are you following your mm, 
Because what mm does is mm engages your belief system. You don't want to engage your disbelief system. You want to engage your belief system in a safe setting in a powerful teaching. Hmm? Mm. Good. Class dismissed. <laughs> the finite world is massive. We learned yesterday. And you are this massively ancient, unbelievably genderless creature of the soul stuffed into a five-foot something, six-foot something body. Get it? Mm. And the thing that keeps you in that body is your breath. Mm. And as you breathe, Yogi Bhajan said, you believe. Because a belief is not something in here. A belief is something in here. You breathe to believe. It's when you hear something that's quite outstanding, you go, wow, wow, because you're trying to take it in. Every single gland and organ in the human body has a reason beyond just the function of the human body. It has a reason in the function of that human body's connection to infinity. But that's using your life in the human form as an instrument, not a mechanism. Remember we were talking yesterday about how the early incarnations that come out of the, of the animal incarnations are gifted the opportunity to stand on two legs huh? and My search engine is slow. Right? You come out, you're standing on two legs. It's a mechanism here. It turns into a weapon here. It turns into an overwhelming experience here. And then you're born into curiosity. And then from curiosity you explore as we've been doing for all these years and you come into mastery. But as you understand, the early stages, the body is a mechanism. In the stages that you're in, the body is an instrument. What uh, both Siddhi Amrit and Tommy were talking about early today, earlier today is how do we calibrate the instrument? How do we discipline the instrument? How do you discipline a guitar before you play it? Say it louder. You tune it. How do we discipline our body before we use it? We tune it. You also align it. You align it here. You have someone align it here. You can realign it here with the capo. You align and you tune. And this is exactly what we do with this human body. Because this human body, at this level of evolution, the mastery level of evolution, the human body is not a mechanism. It's an intricate instrument.
And one of the things that Kundalini Yoga as taught by Yogi Bhajan has done, because what Kundalini Yoga as taught by Yogi Bhajan is, is not a form with an ancient history. It's a form with multiple ancient histories that have been coalesced into a system that is applicable in today's world. Because the things that, I mean, I was listening to um, the Hukum this morning, or no, I, I think I was listening, well, it was both the Hukum and the Ardas, and they're talking about, you know, broken on the wheel, that doesn't exist anymore, you know? This and this, and that doesn't exist anymore, and I'm thinking, we need to update. Or as Tommy said, we need an upgrade. Yeah? And so what we've got going on here is we've got this opportunity for us to use our instrument, for us to use our instrument as an instrument. How do you tune your instrument? What is your favorite tuning? Guitar players have different tunings. People have different tunings. What's your favorite tuning? How do you get yourself ready for the life of your day? How do you get yourself ready for the day in your life? What's your favorite melody? What's your favorite rhythm? How do you go through your day with that rhythm and that melody orchestrating your harmony with those around you? This is what we are to be. We are to be those incredibly advanced creatures that see no difference between ourselves and those that are less advanced. We are those incredibly advanced creatures that see no difference between ourselves and those that are less advanced so that we can be, as Yogi Bhajan used so many times, that forklift that can approach someone not at our level but you lower the forks, but you don't lower yourself. You lower the forks of a forklift and you get in underneath the person that you're trying to uplift. And then you lift them to where they're not comfortable anymore. And then you advise them that they can just sit there for a while, right? And be good with that. Hmm? And this is how we have to treat the world. We need to focus on the curious and the masters and the natals. We need to focus on them because that is Guru Gobind Singh's prophecy. He said 300 years ago, 960 million we will be. And literally, 300 years ago, there weren't even 960 million people on the planet. There were a billion people on the planet in 1819. 200 years ago, there were a billion people on planet Earth. When Guru Gobind Singh was living, he said 960 million we would be. Well, the fact is that if you add 10% with 0.3% with 3%, so you get up with 13.3%, which is the category of humanity that is reachable and teachable. And these are numbers that have been around for thousands of years in the Bhavishya Purana, a book that Yogi Bhajan literally threw at me and said, shut up and read this. And that was his literal words. It just, he just, I was driving him and he just threw it across the car and he says, 
Guru Singh, you ask too many questions. And he started calling me Question Singh. <laughs> so he threw this book at me, and Bhavishya Purana means the history of the future. And it literally said that during this time, during this Kali Yuga, that there were certain ratios of human beings on earth. And those ratios are expressed in this drawing coming out from there. These are the ratios. 2 and 3, 1 and 5, 1 and 10, 1 and 30, 1 and 300. And you're in this area here. These are the 960 million that Guru Gobind Singh talked about. And in order for us to be accurate in that category, whoa, this search engine is really having challenges. Eh? In order for us to be accurate in that category, we must align our physicality. And then once we've aligned and tuned in our physicality, we then realize that we are not prepared. Prior to that, we fool ourselves into thinking that we are prepared. And that's very inspirational. Because if you think you're not going to be prepared after you've done all that work, you're not going to do all that work. So you kid yourself, you fool yourself, and that's why the opening card in the Tarot deck in the, in the Major Arcana is the Fool. Because it's you have to be the fool that is not aware of the fact that you're never going to be able to pull this off by yourself in order to think that you can pull it off by yourself. And so every morning you get up, every morning you tune in, every morning you align yourself, every morning you do this, and then all of a sudden you get in touch with your purpose because the pelvic bowl starts to emit notions, just like Yogi Bhajan's did when he was in New Delhi as a customs agent in the New Delhi airport. And his notion, he said, and it's recorded, it's on the, uh, the second video of the Conscious Communication Workshop. And he said, I got a notion. And that notion was kind of a cryptic message. I will be here and I will be here hereafter. And he said to God, he said, how am I going to do that? How am I going to be here and here hereafter? I'm stuck in the New Delhi airport, which at that point was called the Palam International Airport. I'm stuck in this airport. And God said, don't worry, I got it covered. Well, that's his story. Not God's, Yogi Bhajan's. God told him, don't worry, I got this covered. And so then he decided, well, I need something that really stimulates that notion. I need an intention. And he meditated and meditated and meditated and he realized that if he created people on earth, if he inspired people on earth, that would become so inspired that they would become greater than he was that this could live, and that if that happened over and over, every generation, that this could live. And then generations upon generations upon generations would trace the lineage back, and it would, oh, that was that yogi guy in the 20th century. And he would be known hereafter. Not because he wanted to be known hereafter, but he wanted to get something going that could be sustained hereafter. 
So God intertwined his ego into his mission and purpose, which is what happens to all of us. And so when he got that, he had that all down. He went home to BBG, his wife, and he says, I can't do this anymore. She said, what can't you do anymore? He says, I can't, I can't do this customs agent thing anymore. You know, can you imagine, don't you feel sorry for those people? You go through a border, you know, if you go through in your car, or you go through in an airplane, hello, what's your reason for being here? Where do you live? Hello, what's your reason for being here? Where do you live? All you want to do is say, hey, how's your family? You know? Don't you want to say that to those customs agents? And you just go, hey, how's it going today? You know? What's your reason for being here? You know, it's like they, you don't move them. You don't move them off that spot, and they're trained to not move off that spot. Yogi Bhajan, can you imagine Yogi Bhajan as that? Oh my God, he was sobbing. Every night he would come home from work. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this because he was inspired by his notion. He was committed to his intention. And all he saw was the inability to get across. How's it going to happen? And he's sitting in his office at the airport one day and he had told this notion to a few of his colleagues and they gets a knock on his door, his office door, and in walks a couple of his colleagues with this lady. And one of the, his colleagues says, Harbhajan, this lady is looking for a yogi. She wants to bring that yogi to Canada so that that yogi can teach. What did God tell Yogi Bhajan? Got I got it covered. I'll take care of this. And so that woman was the one who got him out of India and over to first in Canada, then to Los Angeles, and then the whole thing spread from there. What is your notion? Well, in order to get in touch with your notion, you've got to get your pelvis and your thighs and your hips lined up. That's why we do all of this stuff. That's why we do so much with this lower portion of the body. So that these joints, the two joints between the pelvis and the thighs, and the joint between the pelvis, it's kind of a, an odd joint, between the pelvis and the spine, this triangle here, this lower triangle here, is one that you really have to get working. The pelvis holds your purpose. Another word for purpose is concept. The concept of why do you exist. And all of our purposes are very closely aligned. Because your purpose is your core reason for being. It's not anything about, I'm going to be a painter, or I'm going to be a musician. That's how you express your purpose. Your purpose is actually, why do you exist? 
And because of it's also called the concept, in your pelvis, in your mother's pelvis, is where you were conceived. The concept of you was conceived in conception. Conception. And it's all related. But as I was telling you yesterday, you've got this massive purpose. And you've got a planet Earth body. And there's a huge dichotomy between a planet Earth body and your cosmic purpose. Huge dichotomy. We've come from the future. We've lived on planets where our, where our physical body was as advanced as our cosmic purpose. And Yogi Bhajan called those vacation lives. Those are the lives that we went out there and we just, you know, kind of hung out in the sun of whatever planet we were on, you know. And we just kind of hung out with all of the others and we related to the fact that isn't, isn't the cosmos great and isn't understanding everything wonderful and isn't having so much knowledge and vision really great. And then we came back to what they called the home office. You know, we died, we came back to the home office and the home office said, oh, wow, you are really advanced. And you said, yes, I am. And they said, do we have a job for you? We're going to send all of you. Do you remember that day? We were all there in the home office of the Cosmic Control Center. And we all were going, hey, we're so cool. We're so awesome. We're so advanced. And then the word came down, y'all are going to planet Earth in the sector of the universe that is so primitive. And we looked at each other and we said, I got to go to the toilet. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go hide in the toilet, you know. No way, man. We've all gotten sent here. And we all got born in these bodies, in these bodies, in these families, so that we could understand what it is that we have to lift. That is our assignment. And our purpose is to be the tide, however you view it. We have to lift this earth. And if the earth wasn't in crisis, there would be no full-on reason. And so they sent us to a planet that was in total crisis mode. And what we have to spend no time doing is walking around, as I said yesterday, talking about the crisis. I mean, we can mention it, but we have to really start talking about the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th dimensional solutions. Because even though the solutions are not logical for what's going on in the world today, we've used them before in other locations. And the way that you get to knowing is through believing. Take a deep breath. Mmm. Let it out with a mmm. Take another deep breath. Let it out with an mmm. And now take a deep breath directly into your heart. It goes in a sitali. It goes and this is how the word sat came into being. Because sat means the sound of an inhale. The sound of your exhale is that mmm. 
So it's sup, sup, so it's Let's go. This is the first exercise. Sit easy pose. Mm. Mm. Let's get a rhythm. Mm. Put you, come on, easy pose. Hands in prayer pose. Let's start sat naming. Inhaling sat, exhaling nam. Mm. Mm. Inhale. Hold it. Embrace the breath. Feel the pranic circulation. With a big Waheguru, exhale it. Inhale through your nose, embrace the breath, experience the pranic circulation. With the big Waheguru, exhale it. Again, inhale through your nose, embrace the breath. Experience the pranic circulation. With the Waheguru, exhale it. Just close your eyes, place your hands on your knees with the palms facing up. Let the subtle echoes of the pranic circulation flow through your body. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more. All the classes can be found now on gurusing.teachable.com. There's going to be long-form classes available there, 30-minute long yoga classes with Kriya. There's also what is called a Kundalini Recharge. It's a brief lecture about something like depression or gratitude or achievement or partnering or success. And it'll be a lecture with a pranayama, a breathing exercise, and a single asana that you can just jump into during the day. And then it'll round out with an affirmation or meditation. And these will be like 11 minutes. And then there are also going to be audio files, which are guided 11-minute meditations, which you can listen to. And that's all within gurusing.com. Satnam.